Wolf and Luke. Who are you? Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Tuesday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show. Game two, really. It's just game two. Game Tuesday, Wolf. It's game Tuesday. Oh, I like that right there. Did you just come up with that I did, right there? As game you can Tuesday. Tell. Okay, that's really good. <laughs> What's up, Basin Onions? Yes, indeed. Here it is. Game two. Redemption. Draw nigh. Does it not, Monty Williams? It better. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, Wednesday's show is going to be a little bit of a downer. Uh, no, look, big one, obviously, for the Suns tonight. The biggest game of the Kevin Durant uh, era, certainly, since it's only Game Ten, really, of the Kevin Durant era. But this is um, this is a moment tonight. You're either gonna you're either gonna lose this game and we just see full blown desperation mode, or the Suns are going to come out and respond in a big way. And I am of the belief, Wolf, that this team just needs a win to kind of wake up in the playoffs. And, you know, tonight would be a good time to get one. You know, once again, I was talking about this yesterday, but I thought it was really, really important because I think the entire series, it is going to be get the Phoenix Suns. It is going to be get the Phoenix Suns. It's going to be jab them in the ribs. The entire series um, with the Clippers and then the playoffs, it's going to be a physical match for the Phoenix Suns. And I think that is going to be every team's strategy when they play the Suns. I've been talking about this for a long time. It's the reason why that game won, the happening of that, the 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 fact that it actually was a very physical game, and especially the way they came out, the Clippers in that first quarter, and really balled, they set the tone for the entire playoffs for the Phoenix Suns. And it's a it's a game Monty can point to once again and say, see, this is what we've got to expect. Now we've got to address it tonight. I can't wait to see them address it. And I think they will. Yeah, I I know I said this yesterday, but, you know, I I don't like the idea that the Suns had to come into the series feeling like they had to adjust to the Clippers before even game one, uh, because I do think the Suns are the better team. But now, you lost game one, you're going to have to make adjustments for game two, and I'm interested to see what the Suns do uh, in that regard, because the magnitude tonight, I mean, this is, I know you don't have home court advantage anymore in the series, but it's a good thing you have it tonight, right? Because you, you if, if nothing else, just ride the crowd to a win. Nobody cares if it's pretty or ugly. I know, you know, Vegas, the the odds, I was looking at FanDuel earlier, I think the Suns are favored by like seven and a half. Um I don't really care how much they win by. Just win. If you can win by a half, cause just go ahead and win the game. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because you were talking about the Suns adjusting to the Clippers. You hate the fact the Suns had to adjust or do have to adjust to the Clippers. To me, they've got to adjust to the entire postseason. And I'm not just talking about um, one guy here or one guy there. Um, I do realize that KD, I'm not worried about KD. Devin Booker, I'm not worried about Devin Booker. DA, DA is somebody that I, I'm a little <laughs> bit concerned about. You never know. see him actually, yes. Will the light bulb be on tonight in the shed? That's what I want to see from DeAndre Ayton. But they've got to adjust to the entire playoffs, not just game two against the Clippers. 
the entire playoffs they've got to adjust to in the mentality. I think it's a different game. It's a second season. We all know this. Uh, Money Williams yesterday at practice talking about uh, thinking his team is maybe a little bit hesitant in game one. I thought there was some hesitation. I wouldn't call it <clears throat> panic or any. I just thought we were hesitant. Uh, when they had Zubach on Tory instead of just going at him with D.A. And, and picking rolls and taking advantage of that. We did it one time. D.A. got a dunk. I thought we were a bit hesitant, and we were slow. We were getting into our first option with 14 seconds on the clock. That's not what we do. So I think tomorrow we'll have more um, urgency to get down the floor, but we got to get the ball. Can't give up that many offensive rebounds and expect to play fast. Yeah, you know, I love that right there. Expect to play fast. The urgency. And get down the floor quickly. I think this is something we're going to see a little bit more of tonight. Some tempo from the Suns. A little get out and run and move the ball and press the issue before the Clippers get down the floor and set up. I could be wrong on that, but that's what Monty just said, and I believe him. Well, Monty also, he kind of elaborated on the uh, increasing the pace of the game. When they're switching or when they have Zubac on, on Tory or that kind of thing, it shouldn't slow us down. It's I liken it to a zone. You know, That's what they want. They want you to slow down, and that's not what we do. So that's one adjustment that we all know we have to make. You know, I know I just said I don't care how much the Suns win by, and that's true. If they just go out there and win the game, and it's ugly, and they win by one. that's <laughs> You're going to alter that statement? Is that well, what you're saying? No, I, but <laughs> this is going to be a series of adjustments, and you're you're down, right? I mean, could you not just see this series just going, okay, Clippers win game one, Suns win game two. Clippers yeah. win game three, Suns win game four. <laughs> yeah. So it, it would be nice to just see in game two the Suns go out there and win by like 12. Right. And just kind of be like, okay, you know, maybe game one, they were a little bit rusty, whatever. They, they clearly are the better team because right now it feels like it's going to be a back and forth. Monty just gave you an adjustment they're going to try and make with Zubats on Tory Craig. But if they make that adjustment and they succeed tonight, you know, the Clippers are going to adjust back going into game three. Yeah. You you know, this is the way that it goes, of course, as we all do, uh, in an NBA series right now. But, uh, you know, I'm thinking big picture. Big picture for the Suns. Yeah, I, I get it. They're down one game. They're down a one in this series right now. Um, I don't think the Clippers are going to come out tonight with the same intensity level that the Suns are going to come out tonight. And I think that's going to really be a problem for the Clippers. I think the Clippers, again, not saying they're not going to try. I'm not saying that. But I don't think they're going to be quite on point as they were in game one, because they actually got a win. They can already walk out of here they got and say, split. we got the split. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, the I, desperation I, isn't there. I, I don't think, I sure hope they don't play this game as desperate as the Suns do. I want the Suns to play with, with more desperation. Obviously, they're the team down 1-0. I don't know that I see the Clippers dropping off a whole lot, though. I just I feel like the Suns are going to raise their game considerably from where it was. Uh, on, over the weekend, hopefully, right? Well, you know what? You got a bunch of human beings playing for the Clippers right now. They came in here and they did exactly what they wanted to do. They won the game. They won game one. They split the series here. They're going to be going back with the series tied up. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, um, for me, it's human nature. They're not going to be as on point. We'll see. Uh, in terms of three-point attempts, I would expect the Suns to take more than 19 since their head coach flat-out said they need to take more than 19. I thought we played really slow. Uh, our start was slow. Uh, 
the ball movement wasn't where it needs to be. They had some weird lineups out there and weird matchups, and we just didn't um, identify it fast enough on the fly. Uh, and that that's on me to get us in those spots to take advantage of. Uh, but a lot of it starts with getting a defensive stop. When we get a lot of our threes, they're in transition where we live at the rim or we shoot threes. 19 threes in a game like that, that's way too low. Now, if you want the plot twist to this game, Wolf, and I don't really want to be the bearer of bad news for people that, that haven't seen this yet, but uh, you know who's officiating the game tonight, right? I did, yeah. Scott Foster yeah. will be there, of Scotty. course. It feels like the NBA puts him at, at all of the most important games. It really does, doesn't it? Oh, you guys need a win? It's the it's game two of the playoffs? You have Chris Paul? Here's Scott Foster. Do we actually have the record? Do we actually have the record uh, for Chris Paul now? Do, I have legitimately have lost right track now? of what his record it's is in Scott Foster games. Yeah, I think it's 14 I, straight. 14. I, 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 that's what I was going to say, but I don't have it in front of me right now. So right here, there's a story on ArizonaSports.com, <clears throat> and it says, Paul has a 13-game losing streak dating back a decade and is 2-17 and 17 overall in the playoffs when Foster officiate this game. <laughs> okay, two that and seems 17. reasonable. 2-17 and 17 overall. Um, yeah, let's throw him back out there. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be good. And you know what? How this game is going to be officiated, the refereeing tonight is going to be critical. More on this, of course. As the show unfolds. Yeah, Kevin Ray is going to join us. Brian Windhorst is going to join us in a little bit, too. John Bloom as well. But when we come back after a passive game one, what does a successful night look like for KD in game two? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Clippers. Now. Baby, baby. We took a trip, now we on your block, and it's like a ghost town. Yeah, we would agree. Baby, Kevin Durant had kind of a weird game one. I mean, he did have 27 points in the game, so it's not like he had a bad game. Yeah. And he had a huge second quarter. Yeah. And he did put up 10 in the fourth quarter, even though nobody remembers him taking any shots. That's because he was hitting all the shots he did take. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, they need to get Katie more shots, especially late in the game. Yeah. I would I would say that's a good place to start <laughs> right now. You know, I do place. honestly I I honestly think book is going to go off tonight. I just got this feeling, right? You know, sometimes you get the feeling, ladies and gentlemen, you wake up and you look at the clock and it's 3.37 and you're like, what is going on? That's your thinking time? Um, Yeah, what is going on? Why can't I go back to sleep? You would imagine a human being would be able to go, especially when a human being's old, go back to sleep for the crying out loud, would you please? But no, there you are, you're 3.37 and suddenly you just got this innate feeling. You know what, book? Book is going to go off, right? Um, he's going to go off, and maybe one of the reasons why is because I think KD is going to get an awful lot of attention. Because if you're Ty Lue and you're looking at the Phoenix Suns, you're thinking to yourself, man, we really started very well in game one, did we not? We're the Clippers, and we started well in game one. We came out, we scored 30 in the quarter, and we shut them down. Was it 18 points? Mm-hmm. Look at that. Right now, wedge busting had no impact on me whatsoever, ladies and gentlemen. 18 points. So they they had a lead and and suddenly came out and played well on the defensive end of the floor. And guess who was struggling early in that game? 
That well, was KD. He, he doesn't typically do that, though. You he figure doesn't he's not going to do it again. He doesn't typically do it, which is why I think they're going to pay a lot more attention to him to try to get to do that again, because I see KD as a tone setter. Because I wonder if they do. Even as the game went on, he really didn't struggle anymore. He was 7 of 10 the rest of the game. He created a lot of good scoring opportunities for his teammates. I would have liked to see more shots in the final 10 minutes from KD, as I detailed about 15 times yesterday, and I'm sure they feel the same way. Sure. Uh, what was you said three thirty seven? I'm trying to. Is yeah. there, does that mean Devin Booker's, Devin Booker's going to put up thirty seven tonight? No, I just think he's going to go off. Does it mean he's going to put up three hundred thirty seven? No, but I do know this: the Clippers. The most important thing for them is their confidence level. That is the most important thing. So when you start a game and you stink, you're in trouble. Trust me on that. They they didn't start the game in stink. They were really really good. And I think one of the reasons why is you had KD missing his first five shots. That, that'll give you a lot of confidence when you play. And that's exactly what the Clippers need in this series without Paul George is confidence. Monty Williams talking about how to get Kevin Durant more involved tonight. No, it's everything. It's needing to get him the ball uh, in certain spots. Uh, them doing a, a good job of denying him the ball, but... We can create some more environments for him to, to live freely in live ball situations. And then sometimes just giving him the ball so he can bring it up the floor create opportunities. Yes, that's what I want, Wolf. I want KD living freely in live ball situations. <laughs> I love that. We need him to live freely. Live freely, KD, in live ball situations. Um, we need that on a t-shirt, by the way. Live freely. Kate. See, now we've empowered Wolf. Um, he wants a new t-shirt every I'm just day. saying right now, that'd be a good one right there. And based on the last one we got, that was killer. We may have to break those out again to get them away. Knuckle down and guard up, man. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't. Yeah. I don't know that the Suns displayed that fully in, in game one. Uh, the, the Kevin Durant Kawhi matchup, the one on one matchup that we did see. And some of that, look, some of KD not getting shots in the last nine minutes of the game uh, in game one was, was the Clippers, like Monty just said right there, denying him the ball. But figure out a way around it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that, that's what game two is for. Yeah. Uh, that'd but be nice. The KD Kawhi matchup, I mentioned we're going to have Brian Windhorst on next hour. He has a pretty good piece up on ESPN this morning talking about how this is the matchup that a lot of the NBA has been waiting to see for years and years. They were supposed to match up in the playoffs twice over the last, I think it's six years now. And both times something happened once to Kawhi and once to KD. So it never really never really materialized, but now in this series it is materializing. We've already seen one game of it. Monty Williams talked about uh, the idea of Katie and Kawhi just going one-on-one. We are. Um, a couple times Kevin got fouls on him. One time he pushed and the other time he reached late. When he just plays and makes Kawhi shoot over top with a contested hand in the mid-range, we'll live with that. But, um, both of those guys started away from each other as the game progressed. They both were on each other, and I think we're going to see more of that as the series progresses. How do you feel about that, Wolf? Because when I look at this series, I think the Suns have the better team. But the Clippers do have more depth. Yeah. Do you want it to just come down to KD and Kawhi? I mean, those are two of the best players ever. Yeah. No, I want to come down to KD and Book. Yeah. <laughs> That's too. what I'm saying, okay? <laughs> it's one of the reasons why. Once again, I, I just feel... We'll I just, go NBA Jam style. The Clippers can add one yeah, player, too. I, I just... Kevin Durant, man, stop and think about it. Right now, every coach that comes into play, the Phoenix Suns, 
Who is the best player on the Phoenix Suns? I, I know it's right there. It's Book and KD. I understand that. Who's got who's got more cred? Uh, for me, I'm sorry. It's Kevin Durant. You're, you're talking about one of the greatest players ever to play. One of the best players ever to play the game of basketball in the NBA. So who are you going to stop first? If you had to pick one, it's going to be KD. Yeah, you're talking me into the whole Devin Booker just, you know, hey, it's KD and Kawhi and KD and Kawhi. And oh, yeah, Booker had 38. Well, okay, I'll take that. This is a series. Again, they've played one game. And how you start that series matters. That one game matters. And I think they're going to come out once again and look at it and say, this is Kevin Durant. We have to stop him. For, if there's one guy we've got to try to stop first or limit his touches like they did in game one. And that's one. what it is because what makes him such a great player is if he has the ball, you really can't cover him. He'll just shoot over you. And he'll make I shot know. over Kawhi in that game and was hitting threes. But if you can't get him the ball, that's how you slow him down. And again, slow him down. He had 27 points in a game where he didn't shoot well at the start of the game, so you can only slow him down so much. Here's more from Monty on KD wanting to match up with Kawhi one-on-one. I think both teams are trying to do the same thing. Uh, you want to save their energy, but you also want, you don't want to get in the way of greatness. And he knows he can come to me and say, Coach, I got it, and I'll run with it. See, and I'm not so concerned with saving his energy, but what Monty said in the previous cut, you know, KD picked up a couple fouls against Kawhi early in that game, like on KD early in that one. Um, that's my only concern if KD's on Kawhi is I don't want KD in foul trouble. And I even thought when the game was going uh, on Sunday and he got that early foul that wasn't really a foul, but I mean, it was so early. I think the score was 2-2. Two to two. Mm-hmm. I was like, are you really going to challenge this? And they didn't. I almost would just because I don't want fouls on Kevin Durant. <laughs> you know, I understand the score being two to two or four to two or two to nothing isn't worth challenging, but I don't want any fouls on Kevin Durant. That's my only concern with him on Kawhi. See, that is not my only concern. I agree with what you're saying, but at the same time, um, it's the physical frame of Kevin Durant against one of the more physical players in Kawhi Leonard. And that's to me, I don't know how. That's going to be, especially if this is going to be a long series. I don't know. I think I'm going to pick my spots for KD and, and Kawhi Leonard. I think I'm going to pick my spots on that one. I don't think that's going to be a steady diet the entire game. And the reason being, it could be a long series. And if you look at Kawhi again, and I know that he's had his own injury issue. I understand that. But if you look at Kawhi, he's, he's pretty put together. He's a physical player. Yeah, and he, you know, he KD hasn't played in so long. He, he looked bigger than I remember him being. Yeah, no doubt. And it made me thankful that he wasn't playing last time these two teams met in the Western Conference Finals. I, I, that's the matchup, KD and Kawhi. But you're right, where the Suns have should have a decided advantage is beyond that. Who really is the Clippers' second guy right now? They don't have him. Paul George isn't playing. The Suns have... Devin Booker. And then who's the third option? The Suns have Chris Paul. Again, who's the Clippers guy? They have a bunch of, like... Norman Powell. Yeah, and he's good. I mean, the Clippers obviously have a good team. They're deeper, but not at the top. The Suns are deeper at the top. You know, everybody does this, I feel like, when you get into a playoff series. Who has the... Lay out the top five players. Who has them, right? Okay, well, the Suns have KD. You go ahead and give me the Clippers. They have number two at Kawhi. Okay, but the Suns have number three. They should have number four. And they should have number five in the series, too. 
That's why if you're the if you're the Clippers, I get why you want it to come down to that one on one matchup because then it's as close to fifty fifty as you're probably going to get on paper. But if you're the Suns, you want you want everything because you've got the next three best players in the series in theory. Yes, assuming Da rebounds. But once again, um, can I just throw this on top of all of this conversation right now? It's got to start individually with certain players coming out and being on point for game two. Start and how you start matters. And I hope that everyone inside that locker room understands that and they come out collectively with an urgency we did not see in game one. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, what adjustments do the Suns need to make in Game 2 against L.A.? We're going to ask the Suns broadcaster for Bally Sports. Kevin Ray joins us next for a playoff edition of Game Day with K-Ray. Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Catch it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke. Brings the boom. And Sons game day with K Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. All right, this is our first official game day with K Ray playoff edition of the 2023 playoffs. Wolf. Okay. If they win, you realize if they win tonight, we're gonna have to call K Ray even on the weekends if there's games now because that didn't work. Game one, not having game day with K Ray. Yeah. That's stunk. Yeah, not great. Well, he's here now. Oh, Kevin, good. Kevin Ray of Bally Sports joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. What's going on, Kay? What's going on, fellas? Uh, just looking for a win here at Footprint Center tonight. <laughs> Little game two. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a big deal. Where's your confidence level, Kay, on game two tonight? Uh, you know, I, I am confident. Uh, you know, I mean, you can't go back and change what happened in game one, uh, but you can certainly go out and change your approach, um, uh, which impacts the outcome of, of game two. So, you know, there's no reason not to be confident. Uh, if you could change one thing from game one to game two, what, what was the biggest thing in your mind? Uh, you know, just force, force slash physicality. Um, and, you know, I'll be honest with you. It's, it's, it was frustrating that, a team that certainly got delivered uh, that message in the playoffs last year by their two opponents um, was came off as uh, ill-prepared uh, to, to deliver that same kind of force and physicality in game one. You know, because look, at the end of the day, we can, we can pour through all these stats, all these numbers, but it was the force and physicality, uh, the attack mentality of the Clippers from the jump ball, which set the tone. Mm-hmm. And then the Suns, you know, like a boxer, were, were trying to recover and get more points on the judges' scorecard. And uh, they did it for a while, but you know, you, you spent a lot of spent a, a lot of mental fuel, physical fuel, in an effort to try to get yourself back in position to win the game. And you know, at the end of the day, the, the Clippers. Got exactly what they wanted, which was a split. Now they'll take the floor tonight, looking to be greedy. Yeah, and you know it's interesting. You bring up the physicality question once again, Kay, and I, I, this is what the Suns are going to see every game. I, I 
every game they play. And in the postseason, if they beat the Clippers this series, eventually, if that happens and they move on, I think every series they play, teams are going to poke and prod them because of their physicality or lack thereof. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, look, I mean, you know, your your reputation, uh, you know, real or not, is is all about perception. Yeah. And that, that perception is right now that the Suns can be kind of provoked and, and pushed around a little bit. And the only individuals who can change that are the guys who are going to be wearing, you know, black, purple, and orange yeah. uh, for the rest of this series and the rest of these playoffs. Uh, talking to Kevin Ray of Bally Sports at his game day with K Ray. K, the the bench, the discrepancy in scoring was huge, thirty four to ten in favor of L A. But I, I also just found it interesting that the Suns used six bench players and didn't use T J Warren. And you know, at some point, I'm assuming they get campaign back as well. So I just, what did you think of the the rotation in, in game one? Because it almost felt like the Suns were still trying to figure out what combos work best together because they haven't played together enough. Yeah, look, and, and it's one of the things that I had been saying really throughout that as much as we hated, you know, not seeing Kevin Durant uh, on the floor for those 10 games that he missed, uh, it wasn't so much that, that you hated just not having him. You hated the fact that that he and this team didn't get put in more situations like we saw play out the other night. There was only really one game. If you think about it, guys, there was really only one game where the Suns in the the eight games that Katie played and they were unbeaten, but only one game where they really had to execute in a tight situation. That was the game in Dallas. Kevin Durant took over the last three or four minutes. You know, made the game-winning bucket. But beyond that, it didn't allow or afford Monty and the staff to kind of mix and match, to your point, to see, you know, who works best with who. And, you know, I, I think, and, and maybe I was as guilty of it as anybody, because they were 8-0, and we just kind of assumed that, you know, because of the high basketball IQ that, that Devin Booker, KD, and Chris Paul possess, that we just assumed that they would be able to figure it out. But Man, I keep saying it, and I will continue to say it. Uh, Ty Lue is one of the best mm. X and O coaches in the game. And he threw some stuff at Monty and the coaching staff that Monty even admitted they weren't hadn't seen, weren't ready for, and Monty said, that's on me. I, I need to adjust quicker. And that's exactly what we need to see tonight. Who is the X factor tonight? That is one of the things we've been kicking around, Kay, between ourselves here for the last couple of days. But who do you think is going to be the X factor? Uh, look, the, the X factor to me is, you know, DeAndre Ayton. Uh, you, 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 can't, you can't get out-rebounded by two different guys, almost three different guys. So in fact, there was three different guys on the opposing team because you are the Suns' big man. You are their max guy. These are the moments that you have, you know, tried to position yourself for and that people are looking to you to, you know, to perform in. And you can't come out. And, look, D.A. was not alone. Uh, Imani said as much. Like, they came out slow. Uh, they, They came out, you know, a, a little foggy, um, so to speak. And you combine that with the force that the Clippers stepped on the floor with, and, man, it was it was obvious. I mean, I saw it in the first three to five minutes. Like, 
you know, it, it, it felt like we had had two weeks off. Mm. Um, but it, it is DeAndre Ayton. He needs to come out and set a tone with his rebounding, with his defense, you know, with a no-nonsense attitude. And you, you can't be impacted by your offensive touches. You need to I mean, look at Russell Westbrook. This guy is a shining example of, and granted, Russ had 19 shots, but he didn't care. And Ty Lue told him as much. So this is a team that needs to strap its hard hat on tonight and deliver a message to the Clippers. Talking to Kevin Ray of Bally Sports, uh, K, one of the few good things in game one, other than that like 17-minute stretch where the Suns outscored the Clippers by 25 in the second and third quarters, was, I thought, the fact that the Suns actually shot more free throws than L.A. and they never really, we didn't hear anything about officiating. But now Scott Foster's officiating the game tonight, and there's all the baggage that goes with that going into the game, even if the game is officiated fine tonight. Do you think they need to guard against that at all, or are they not even concerned with it? You look as a player, you know, all the narratives are out there. You know, social media has been a buzz all morning. I mean, I've been keeping an eye on it. Suns fans waking up and then, you know, you see all the different emojis when they see Scott Foster. I mean, look, at the end of the day, you just got to go out and play. And you, you certainly can't step on the floor as a player and think, oh, my gosh, you know, we haven't even tipped off and we're down 10 to nothing. Um, you, you've got to remove that from your thought process, and there will be plenty of opportunities to make plays without an official's call, you know, determining the outcome of the game. And, and that's, the, that's the mindset that they have to take here tonight. So, okay, I, I fully expect them to come out with a sense of urgency tonight they didn't have in game one. And just listening to you right now, I think you'd say the same thing, correct? Oh, I mean, look, you know, you you can't afford and don't want to go to L.A. down 0-2. You know, regardless of Kevin Durant or not, you, you put yourself in a very perilous situation. Like I said, Clippers came in and, you know, before the series started, their idea, like any road team's plan is, we steal one. And, you know, we're able to flip the series home court advantage. Well, now this is a team that feels like, man, I know our guy PG is probably not going to play in the first round series. But my goodness, just think, if we were able to get two here today, then we're going to put the Suns in a really tough spot. And if we're able to advance, then we get Paul George back. So that's, that's their thinking. So the Suns have to take a collective approach of, you know, we are not and will not lose this game, and we will do whatever is required in order to do so. Okay, Ray, great stuff as always, Thank man. You, Thank you for your time. Hey, and by, by the way, I know we, we were talking last week, guys. You were asking me about the uh, the song for Metallica. Well, <laughs> yeah, right. He wouldn't let you off the air. Well, I, I, I've got one for you today. Okay. It, it's, it is just one word. It's called fuel. <laughs> oh yeah, that's good. Uh, now that's you got wolf good. Now you got me. Two hours. We need to hear that one right there. Adrenaline crash and crack back. my head. Give me food. Nitro junkie, paint me, me dead. Okay, right. Okay. <laughs> okay, Ray. Great stuff, buddy. Thank you. See you.
See you, boys. Thanks, Thanks man. Kevin Ray, Valley Sports, joining us right there ahead of Suns Clippers Game 2 tonight. Register to win tickets to see the Foo Fighters. October 3rd at Talking Stick Resort Amphitheater. Just head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for event details and your chance to win. When we come back, flip over to football real quick. Did Adam Schefter just flip the top five of the draft on its head? We'll explain. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. And Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, that is for you right there, K-Ray. You might want to turn this up in your vehicle, wherever you may be. I don't know. Maybe you're out there off-roading right now. You got a four-wheeler, Luke? Yeah, three. Yeah, okay. No, I don't. Well, I have a car with four wheels. Do you like that, though? Off-roading? Do you like yeah. that? Here we go. <laughs> it just All makes right. you laugh, doesn't we, it? We do have to agree to this. If the Suns win tonight, we're going to have to play this going into every game the rest of the playoffs. Oh, okay. There we go. Yeah. Can I, can I, do I have to give you the, the hard up. sell on playing Metallica on the no, show? No, you don't have to do okay. that at all right there. That is that is great music. You want to go out there, and I don't care what sport it is. I, you're out there. You're curling. I, I don't care. Give me the broom, and I'll <laughs> move that thing down. <laughs> There's going to be a big divot in the ice. The ice crew is going to hate you. Give me fuel. Give me fire. Give me that what I desire. Wolf would be the worst curler. Just, I mean, honestly, give me the broom, What's man. that guy's problem over there with the broom? He's cutting holes in the ice. Oh, he's listening to Fuel by Metallica. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Just, yeah, some things don't go together. I think that doesn't go together right there. No, but I would. And Fuel. I would be, uh, I'd be very intrigued to watch it, though, if they put that in the Olympics. <laughs> Metallica-infused curling. Boy, that'd be laugh out loud stuff right there. Um, Adam Schefter, we're gonna do a little football here. We're gonna take a little break from basketball, but oh, not okay. for long because Brian Winhorst is gonna join us in about ten minutes. But I, I wanted to play this for you, Wolf, because I want to get. Uh, I don't even know what my reaction is to this yet. Uh, Adam Schefter yesterday talking about the Colts and how the draft might play out for them at the top. Of course, they are picking fourth, one spot behind the Arizona Cardinals right now. What if the run on quarterbacks? gets a little bit delayed. What if it's a little bit later to start than people thought? We've been hearing about quarterbacks going one, two, three, four. That's not going to happen, I don't believe, in this draft. And what would happen if and when we've seen Carolina make the move up right away, right away for a quarterback at one, but we haven't seen anybody trade up to two when Houston's open to listening? We haven't seen anybody trade up to number three because, you know what, I think Indianapolis thinks there's a real chance right now that they could sit right where they are at four and get potentially the second quarterback in this draft. There's a chance we might not see a quarterback go at two or even three, and there might not be a team that trades up because the value in that isn't what we thought it would be. So Indianapolis may be sitting there with its pick in the litter, Anthony Richardson or Will Levis or C.J. Stroud. That could happen. That's a possibility right now. I mean that seriously. Hey, uh, there is a possibility, Shefty, and I laugh because I love Shefty. I really do. He does a great job. 
Um, I think he's he's wrong, and that's okay. Uh, we all, at least he's going out of I think <laughs> right he, there. He bet Dan Orlovsky something that that would be the case uh, on the air. Yeah, there there was somebody else who was kind of laughing. Who was that? Was that Dan? Marcus Spears. Yeah, it was Marcus Spears. Yeah, it was okay. Marcus Spears, Dan Orlovsky, okay. Laura Rutledge. And Adam Schefter. Okay, yeah. There's um, a few people laughing, actually, as he was talking. But it know, is Adam Schefter. Well, he just throw say, stuff out there. He to did see say, I don't think we're going to have a quarterback go one, two, three, and four to start. And I agree with him on that one. Yeah, that's That's fair. not going to happen. I don't think that is going to happen. But I think and that's the more why, likely than just one in the top four. Or I guess yeah, one in the oh, top yeah, three. No, no, I don't see that happening. Yeah. I, 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 there's going to be two, at least two quarterbacks. That go in the top four. And this is where I am with this. If Houston doesn't take a quarterback at two, and, and this is another kind of peripheral indicator that the people are hearing that, right? We should have been writing all these down. There's been about five or six when you start to look at Lance Zerline's mock draft and what Matt Miller told us a couple weeks ago about how he's hearing the top of the draft is not going to go the way people expect. And now you just have Schefter flat out saying, you know, Houston probably won't, maybe won't take a quarterback there. There's been a lot of signs to indicate that Houston is either right. not taking a quarterback at two or they don't want people to think they're taking a quarterback at two. If Houston doesn't take a quarterback, I want to trade the number three pick. A, because I think there's good value in it. B, if the Colts are going to just sit there and be like, we don't have to trade with you, we'll get who we want. Sure. I just want to trade it just to spite them. Yeah, and Houston is sitting in a great seat right now. They're sitting there in a great seat because they've leaked this information. There's no, you can't convince me otherwise that it wasn't the Texans that leaked the information. It's no coincidence that Bryce Young suddenly is settling in or appears to be settling in with the Carolina Panthers as the first pick in the draft. And we started to hear that maybe the Texans might not take a quarterback at number two. Remember that? We might not do that. But what's the benefit right to around them the same time in doing that? For sale. For sale. So that actually if, hurts the Cardinals. If they yes, if they love if if the Texans love Bryce Young, by way of example, and now Carolina's gonna take Bryce Young. Now if you, you might say, you know, CJ Stroud, we like him. But we don't love him. What if the Texans... So if we don't love him, we'll still take him at number two because we do like him and think he's going to be really good. But we don't love him like we love Bryce Young. So therefore, why in the world wouldn't we put the for sale sign out at pick number two? Just see what we get. What if the Texans love Caleb Williams? I mean, that's, that's a possibility. They're not under any pressure to win this year. What if you're Houston and you're like, we'll take Will Anderson this year. We don't want to take a quarterback that we're not in love with. We don't want to be yeah. tied to him. Because once you take the quarterback, you're tied to him. Yes. Um, so what if they're like, we'll take Will Anderson this year. We'll take Caleb Williams next year. That's, That's right. our hope. And yeah. that, that that is, I think, a real legitimate possibility. But I just think that if that happens, the Cardinals are going to be like, we're trading with somebody at three. We don't need to sit here and take Why, though? who. Why? Why? So who are you sitting there and taking? Well, Jalen Carter? I, I'm just saying, if if somebody trades out, if Houston trades out, no, if Houston takes saying? Will Anderson, oh, if Houston drafts, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah that's going to be really, really good. That's going to be very interesting. If Houston does draft, I, I don't believe them. By the way, that's just me. I don't believe them. I don't believe they're they're going to get what it is that they just 
thought they'd go fish. Why wouldn't we? If you're going to take Bryce Young, if you're going to take the guy that we loved, why wouldn't we just put a for sale sign out here right now and just see what we could possibly get? And if we don't get something ridiculous, yeah, we'll just we'll, we'll give this C.J. Stroud kid the opportunity to do it. There's, uh, yeah, you know what? If the the NFL draft is filled with examples of teams that moved up because they liked a guy. Maybe not loved him, but moved up and gave him the opportunity to be their quarterback. And it worked out. Because there's no guarantee you're going to get Caleb Williams next year. No, but it, it, I don't remember who even brought this back up a couple weeks ago. But the reality is, if, you, if you're if you Houston and you really like Bryce Young, A, you probably should have lost that game that you won right at the end of last season or whatever it was that dropped them to the, the number two pick. But if you really, if Bryce Young is your guy and you're set on him and you're kind of thrown off by the fact that Carolina already traded up and, and they're going to get him and you don't love any of these other quarterbacks, if you draft C.J. Stroud at number two and you're already kind of going into it like, I don't know about this guy. Well, he's your quarterback next year and the year after, almost certainly. And he, that's who this GM <laughs> is tied to and that's who... D'Amico Ryans is tied to, so I, there's there is at least something to the idea that they I could see them maybe not taking a quarterback. I still think they're going to though. All right, so when we come back, who should the Suns put on Kawhi tonight in Game Two? We're going to talk to ESPN NBA insider Brian Windhorst. He'll join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.